Welcome to Word to the Mother, a retrospective on 90s R&B and hip-hop. Here's your host, your girl, Charlie D. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, your girl, Charlie D. Discovered and mentored by mega rapper Notorious B.I.G., Today's featured artist started out as a member of the rap group Junior Mafia in the early 90s. But then, after went on to solo fame, selling more than 15 million albums and 30 million singles worldwide. This artist was listed as one of the 100 Greatest Women in Music in 2012 by VH1, and two of her singles were named in the 50 Best Rap Songs by Women by Complex Magazine. She bust out the music gate with super explicit sex positive lyrics that spoke from a hardcore female point of view never before seen in a male dominated genre. She gave us fashions, gave us looks, gave us a new strong female voice and rap. Today's artist is none other than Lil Kim. You got it going on. On July 11, 1974, Kimberly Denise Jones was born in Brooklyn, New York, to parents Linwood Jones, a former U.S. Marine, Ruby Jones, and older brother Christopher. Her parents' marriage was troubled and saddled with abuse when her mother took her and her brother to live in suburban New Rochelle, New York. Moving to an all-white neighborhood, Kim was teased from other girls about her skin color. But Kim's mom was struggling financially to support herself and two kids, so she then granted custody of the children to Linwood. According to Kim, Linwood was verbally abusive and at times, things turned violent. After an incident and at the age of 14, Kim left home where she then went to live on the streets. She sometimes stayed with neighbors, sometimes with friends, and other times stayed with older men who, in exchange for sex, offered her temporary housing and food. To try and support herself, she worked retail jobs and also ran errands for drug dealers. Kim attended Sarah J. Hale Vocational High School in Brooklyn, the same as future rap rival Foxy Brown, though years before her. A natural lover of music, Kim began rapping and writing and freestyle rap for her friends and around school. It was at the age of 17, however, that she dropped out of school completely. 
It was at that time when she randomly met a young Christopher Wallace, a small-time area drug dealer, a meeting that would change the direction of her life. Wallace was on his way to rap superstardom as the notorious B.I.G., and after some persuasion, he heard Kim freestyle a rhyme, and he was convinced of her talent. Well, I think everyone kind of knows the story. I was coming home from work. I used to work at Bloomingdale's. You know, I had to stay fly. <laughs> my mother and my father, you better get you a job because we can't do it anymore. Now you want all kinds of crazy stuff. So I had, I was coming from Bloomingdale's and um, Biggie was sitting on a garbage can because he loved to play dice. <laughs> and um, I was coming from work and my girlfriend at the time, I used to call her answer machine and leave like raps on her answer machine. And she used to tell Big, I'm telling you, she is nice. And he's like, yeah, right. She too pretty to rap or whatever. She's so little. <laughs> so then I was coming from work and he said, yeah, Kim, I heard you knew how to rap because I had to pass that way when I got off the train. Uh-huh. And I was like, he's, I was like, yeah, but you know, I ain't really, you know, doing it for nobody like that. I'm just, you know, he was like, see, so I told you she can't rap. <laughs> I was like, what? He was good right. at manipulating you to get you to do what he wanted you to do. So I was like, what? I do know how to rap. And I bust the wig of mine. He was like, ooh, I'm messing with you. And ever since then, me and him were rolling together. Okay, so that was the first. Now. Kim and Wallace became fast friends and entered a friendship in which he began to mentor her and her rap talents. It was around 1994 that Wallace, who at the time had already made a name and secured fame for himself with his debut album, had put together his own group to mentor and produce called Junior Mafia with a group of childhood friends, including rappers Lil C's, Larceny and Trife, Chico Delvec, and then Kim, who adopted the moniker Lil Kim as the only female MC in the group. I used to pack packs and Cadillacs, now I pimp in the axe, watch my money stack, nines in the stores, glocks in the bags, Max and mini markets getting money with the A-Rabs, no question, confession, yes it's the lyrical, ladies shake your hips, players grab your tools and it's proteins and minerals, exclude subliminals, big mama shoes to gain the oil. Then the group released the album Conspiracy. Initial reviews were average, but it did reach number eight on the Billboard Top 200 charts, selling 69,000 copies its first week. Wallace, or Biggie, as he was often called, wrote most of the songs. The album released three singles, which became hits. Player's Anthem, I Need You Tonight, and Get Money. The videos and song exposure made Lil' Kim popular, so she soon began working on a solo album. 
I definitely remember Get Money and Players Anthem as instant hits in my hood, and everybody was talking about Lil' Kim. In fact, I barely know the names of any of the members of Junior Mafia because all anybody was talking about was Kim, guys and girls. Everyone was just amazed and smitten with her flow. I did remember being impressed with her and the fact that she was the only female in the group, but her lyrics and delivery just stood out to me. Maybe because in the world of rap, we hadn't really heard too many female MCs like her, but she just stood out. Every girl had to sing her part and get money. Also, the Get Money video, ugh, Salt and Peppa, Mary J. Blige, Kim was starting to really flex her particular brand of Hollywood in the hood fashion sense that young urban women would soon flock to stores to emulate. I remember all of this. In 1996, and after a year of working with Junior Mafia, Kim was ready to release her debut solo album, Hardcore. Debuting at number 11 on the Billboard 200, it was the highest debut for a female rapper at that time. Sometimes Gabbana, sticky for your cream and your riches. Jaja Cabal, Demi Moore, Prince Diane, and all them rich riches. Puff Daddy pumped the Hummer for the summer. I follow in the E class with the Gotham. 96 model, bad click on a stroll. Tell them how we go. Cruise control, nothing make a woman feel better. The Borettas and Amorettas, but the letters and mad cheddars. Chilling in the bins with my amigos. Trying to stick a nigga for his case. Then I'm the same chick that you wanna get with Lick up in my twat, gotta hit the spot If not, don't test the poom poom, nani nani, hanani dani yeah. Hardcore also went on to number three on Billboard's top R&B and hip-hop albums and went on to sell over five million copies worldwide. 
The album's lead single, No Time, was a duet with producer Sean Combs, then known as Puff Daddy, now known as P. Diddy, hoping he won't change it again, because that's it for me. It reached the top of the Hot Rap Tracks chart and was certified gold. The next single, Crush On You, was a personal fave of mine, followed by Not Tonight, a remix version featuring my girl, Left Eye, Angie Martinez, Missy Elliott, who I love, and a brat. This reached number six on the Hot 100. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's another one. Uh-huh. And another one, yeah. From Little Kim, the Queen Bee. This lady's night, what? It must be Angie on the mic. The butter pee, honey, got the sugar, got the spice. Roll the L sight, keep the rhymes right. Y'all, I just made this mother up last night. And uh, I'm the rookie on this all-star team. Me and Kim is getting cream. Like Delma and Louise, but on chrome. Never leave that Brooklyn sh- alone. So if you say it's on, then it's on. Bang this in your whips. Pack them cold with the chips in the wrist. Here's a French kiss. I dismiss all you chicks. Spit six from the fourth, fifth. Make it dance. Ow! I stay focused. And the dope is like a penny with the hole in it. Y'all just hopeless and toteless. I ain't lying. Trying to knock me off. Keep trying. All it takes is one phone call to my street team. Promote that ass like a soundtrack. The song was included on the Martin Lawrence flick Nothing to Lose's soundtrack and was nominated for a Grammy. Kim then went on to tour with Puff Daddy's No Way Out tour, which went on to become one of the highest grossing hip-hop tours, netting an estimated 16 million in ticket sales. The little girl from the rough streets had made it. She continued to be managed by Damien D. Rock Butler's Rock Management, but also launched her own Queen Bee Entertainment. She inked deals to model for the various brands and ad campaigns such as Baby Fat, Candies, Versace, and Iceberg. Okay, my thoughts on the Hardcore album. This album, this album, y'all. Little Kim was everywhere. Every girl and pretty much every guy I knew was all over it. It was a type of album where I knew so much about it before I even got my copy. But man, when I tell you, when I did, I had to listen to this one with headphones only. I ain't never heard nothing like this before. Besides that one time I found my father's Richard Pryor album, but that's another chapter. I mean, Kim went in and she went hard. I'm blushing right now just thinking about some of the songs and lyrics and things she had my little, young, impressionable teenage behind singing and rapping. It was definitely hardcore. I remember how proud I was when I knew all the words to the first verse of Big Mama Thang. You got it going on. Wah, wah. Yeah, wah, wah. You got it going on. Yeah, yeah, it's I got men in Switzerland. Even got sand in 
Hardcore was a hit and received critical acclaim. The source called the album a solid debut because fat beats and rhymes are really all it takes and they're both present. It was included among Rolling Stone's list of essential recordings of the 90s. This album was the raunchiest thing I'd ever heard at that time and I was shocked but also awed by it. In the 2004 Rolling Stone album guide, it stated, Hip-hop had never seen anything like Brooklyn... In the 2004 Rolling Stone album guide, it stated, Hip-hop had never seen anything like Brooklyn Knight Kimberly Jones at the time of her solo debut. She single-handedly raised the bar for raunchy lyrics and hip-hop, making male rappers quiver with fear with lines like, You ain't licking this, you ain't sticking this, riding the wing of Notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die and Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. Kim's hardcore helped put East Coast hip-hop back on top in the late 90s. The album's over-reliance on old 70s funk samples doesn't detract a bit from Queen Bee's fearless rhymes, a landmark of bold, hilarious filth. Touche. <laughs> in 2000, Lil' Kim released her second album, The Notorious K.I.M., According to her Wikipedia page, the album marked a new image and revamped look for the rapper. But despite the limited success of its singles, the album debuted at number four on the Billboard 200 and number one on the top R&B hip hop albums chart, selling 229,000 copies the first week. Just four weeks later, it went platinum. The album featured the singles, No Matter What They Say and How Many Licks. But Kim's bigger single turned out to be a cover of the 70s group LaBelle's song Lady Marmalade, Hello, recorded with Christina Aguilera, Pink, and Maya for the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. The track went on to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and stayed there, honey, for five weeks. Lil' Kim became the first female solo rap artist to hit number one on the Hot 100 and it won her her first Grammy. Oh, 
Moving on to 2002, Little Kim recorded a new theme song for the then World Wrestling Entertainment titled Time to Rock and Roll. She also released the single What's the Word in mid-2002, which peaked at number 9 on the bubbling under R&B hip-hop singles chart. 2003, Kim released her third studio album, La Bella Mafia, which debuted at number five and sold 166,000 copies its first week, making this her second consecutive top five album. Reviews were generally positive. This album spawned the singles Came Back to You, The Jump Off, and Magic Stick. The video for Came Back to You featured then-reality star Victoria Gotti, but it was the jump-off of Mr. Cheeks and Magic Stick that became hits. The Jump Off peaked at number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100 and the next single, Magic Stick, with rapper 50 Cent, reached number 2, staying there for three weeks. There was no video for the song, but it received enough radio airplay to keep it popular. La Bella Mafia ended up being certified platinum with 1.1 million copies sold. Lil' Kim also toured with artists Nas and DMX and at the annual Source Awards won two awards for Female Hip Hop Artist of the Year and Female Single of the Year. She also took home two Grammys for Best Female Rap Solo Performance for Came Back to You and Best Rap Collaboration for Magic Stick. She was also nominated for Best Pop Collaboration for the track Can't Hold Us Down on Christina Aguilera's Stripped album. I loved that album. Something I just can't understand. If a guy have three girls, then he's the man. He could even give us some head and sex or roar. If a girl do the same, then she's a whore. But the table's about to turn. I bet my fame on it. Cats take my ideas and put their name on it. It's alright though. You can't hold me down. I got to keep on moving. Two of my girls with a man. Fascination with the rapper grew so much, there was actually a course taught at Syracuse University titled Hip Hop A Shoe Queen Bee Lyricism 101, which focused on her bold style of sexual politics, and Kim even appeared as a guest speaker. Speaking of this, little Kim did have her haters and her critics. Yes, she did. David Horowitz, a conservative writer, slammed the college course as, quote, academic degeneracy and decline, end quote. And C. Dolores Tucker, a shareholder at Warner Brothers Records, criticized Kim's label for, quote, producing filth, end quote, and referred to her suggestive lyrics as, quote, gangsta porno rap, end quote. But undeterred, Lil' Kim continued on. You know, some, I, I, some of the lyrics, and I, and I listen to your CD all day, and it's great music, I have to say. But, you know, I don't have kids. And there's some parents who say, oh, the music's too sexually explicit. 
where our children's minds are going down. We've got a young lady with barely any clothes on up here. Where's the world going to? And what do you say when people say that? Well, I say make sure that you give your child parental advisory. If you don't want your child listening to the music, then it's up to you as a parent to make sure that the child doesn't listen to it. Mm -hmm. But also get that child guidance and let her know, you know, this is what she does. You know, you don't have to go that way. So yeah. parental advisory is definitely a must. In 2004, Lil' Kim recorded a cover of These Boots Are Made For Walking for Victoria Gotti's reality series, Growing Up Gotti, which I remember and it sounded pretty cool. And the same year, she rapped on Beyonce's track, Naughty Girl. In September 2005, Lil' Kim released her fourth album, The Naked Truth, which underperformed compared to her previous releases. This, however, was probably due in part because it was released while Lil' Kim was in prison with no time to properly promote it. In March of that year, she was convicted of three counts of conspiracy and one count of perjury for lying to a grand jury about a shooting outside of the Hot 97 Studios in Manhattan. She testified that during the time she was not in the area of the shooting, but was later caught on security camera exiting the building at that time. In July 2005, she was sentenced to one year in prison and three years probation. She then went on to serve her sentence in its entirety. The Naked Truth album released the singles Lighters Up, which was number one on BET's 106 and Park for two weeks. Album's second single, Whoa, which peaked at number 22 on radio airplay. It's also worth mentioning that before entering into incarceration, Kim was featured on the BET reality TV show, Lil' Kim Countdown to Lockdown, which chronicled her remaining time before going in. It became BET's highest rated premiere at that time. Y'all, I totally forgot about this song. When I did this research, I realized the title sounded familiar, then checked it out on Spotify, of course, and realized I do remember the song, but I never knew it was Lil' Kim. Goes to show I was hearing her music long before I even realized. I can't believe I didn't know it was her, but I really didn't. In May 2006, and in protest of her prison conviction, singer Debbie Harry released a song in tribute to Lil' Kim called Dirty and Deep. It was available for free from her official website. I mean, wow, Debbie Harry for Lil' Kim? Who knew? In June 2006, Lil' Kim's first compilation album, The Dance Remixes, was released, featuring remix songs from The Naked Truth and Hardcore. But since she was unable to promote it while serving time, it sadly failed to chart. 
2008, Lil' Kim parted ways with Atlantic Records, but Kim decided to continue producing music independently. She released the album Miss Goat, which is an acronym for Greatest of All Time, which was met with generally positive reviews. It was considered a return to her street roots. In 2009, Lil' Kim continued making music as she rapped on the single Girls by Korean singer Seven and recorded with T-Pain and Charlie Wilson on a track called Download, which sampled the song Computer Love by Zap. Baby got me number one on the top eight. It's computer love, real money. They just mind face free, trying to find a day. Quick shout out to Zap and Roger because I grew up on them. Thank you, Mama. While it missed the Hot 100, it did peak at number 21 on Billboard's Hot R&B and Hip Hop Songs chart. Not to be deterred, she then starred on the hit show Dancing with the Stars while being paired with pro dancer Derek Huff. The twosome came in fifth out of 13 contestants, and Little Kim was regarded as a fan favorite. I totally missed this. I wish I was able to see it, but I did check out some clips on YouTube, and she did good. She looked really good. I also loved how she did not shy away from talking about her time in prison and even shouted out her fellow inmate friends. Very cool of her. And my girl could dance. She did good. In 2010, Lil' Kim was featured on Ludacris' song, Hey How, and in June of that year, she began touring with her first headlining tour since 2000 across the U.S., Europe, and Canada. As we enter the more recent years, there are a lot of songs that Lil' Kim was doing, so instead of me giving you a long list, I will try and mention the bigger highlights. February 2011, she released her second mixtape, Black Friday, Sadly, to mainly negative reviews, it was available for purchase via PayPal. And in May 2011, she was featured in a song with Rick Ross titled Anything to Find You by Monica. The song had a sample from Notorious B.I.G.'s Why Who Ya. Originally, she was the sole rapper on the track, but the second verse was removed to make room for Rick Ross. Then she was removed completely due to contractual issues with Biggie's estate. Later that year, she performed in Winter Beats Festival with Fabulous, 50 Cent, and Mario, and it was around that time that she announced she would release another album. But for unknown reasons, that project was eventually shelved. Between 2012 and 2017, Lil' Kim recorded many singles and songs, including a remix album titled Hardcore 2K13, featuring the singles Dead Gal Walking and Kimmy Blanco with collaborations with Miley Cyrus, French Montana, and Jada Kiss. She did another mixtape called Lil' Kim Season, which she freestyled over Drake's Summer 16, Rihanna's Work, and Designer's Panda. In February 2017, Lil' Kim was back on TV with the VH1 series Girls Cruise, which featured herself, singer Maya, TLC's Chili, and MTV personalities B. Simone and Pretty V for a reality show in which they spent a 10-day cruise around the Caribbean, also stopping at the carnival festivals. Kim served as executive producer, 
and the main thing was the female bonding and sisterhood type friendships that were fostered. I was able to catch some clips and scenes of this on YouTube and it looked like a really fun and positive show. I would have loved if they continued to do more seasons and maybe with other artists and personalities. If I had to say what my breakthrough is, it's been getting more comfortable letting people into my personal space. To be honest with you, people want to get next to me, but I think there's something about me that I just don't allow them to. And I think that's caused by people who have disappointed me over the years in friendship. So I became a loner. But I think I was getting too comfortable with just being on my own and by myself. So this trip really helped me learn that. I just want to thank you guys for being my family. We love you so much. There's people out there that love me more than I think they did. <laughs> I love you guys so much. When it comes to everybody on this trip, like, I don't mind me in my personal space because I've learned this is my family and this group cares about me. And I think we did more than bond. Lil' Kim continues to record and release singles, often in collaboration with other artists, including Faith Evans, Missy Elliott, Remy Ma, and Fabulous. So, we can't talk about Lil' Kim without mentioning some obvious elephants in the room. Kim has had her fair share of controversies, and I will touch on the ones I think are the most prominent. First, the Nicki Minaj feud. I originally started to research what went down between the two, but then put it aside thinking, why not just focus on Kim? You know, her musical legacy and such. But I do think it's worth mentioning. It seems the feud started when Minaj dissed Kim in a track called Hood Stars in 2003. Kim then accused her of copying her image, which if we're honest, I could see that with the colored hair and the fashions and all. This went on as they both appeared to publicly diss each other in songs and tracks and I'm not sure how this all started or how it ended either, but I think it's just really unfortunate. We are black women and we need to support, uplift, and encourage each other. Personally, I tend to think if it weren't for Lil' Kim, would Nicki Minaj have the same success she has now? Like, did Lil' Kim walk so Nicki could run? I definitely see some similarities in their style, but one doesn't have to necessarily directly copy the other. One could be an homage. Why not? But I cannot put words in anyone's mouths. I just hope to see all this squash one day because Lil' Kim is still a queen bee. The second little elephant, and I hesitate to even mention this, but I think it's so glaringly obvious, it would be weird not to mention it, is Kim's apparent skin bleaching controversy. Oh boy, deep sigh. Okay. So it was in 2016 that Lil' Kim posted some new pics of her showing skin so light most people found her completely unrecognizable i will admit i did not recognize the rapper i knew she had already had plastic surgery on her nose so that wasn't new but in these pics her skin was so pale and so light it really did not look like her everybody was talking about it but it was and it was really shocking to see Lil Kim has never publicly admitted to bleaching her sp her skin but has admitted to having insecurities about her physical appearance in a Newsweek article from 2000, Lil' Kim was quoted as saying, quote, I have low self-esteem. I always have. Guys have always cheated on me with women who were European looking. Really beautiful women that left me thinking, how can I compete with that? 
being a regular black girl wasn't good enough, end quote. The only thing I want to add to this is regardless of what she may have done to her skin or overall appearance, it saddens me that anyone out here made her feel less than or not good enough because of her beautiful brown skin. I personally always thought she was cute, but clearly she did not and felt the need to change. I sincerely hope Kim is in a place where she is good where she is, comfortable in her own skin, and loves herself regardless what anyone feels about it. As it stands, Lil' Kim remains a pioneer in the rap game. She came out during a time when men clearly dominated the rap genre with virtually no competition in sight. Complex staff stated, when Lil' Kim released her debut album, women in hip hop finally had options, paths to follow, and models. There were conscious women who rapped about love, relationships, and social responsibility, like Lauryn Hill. And there were women like Queen Latifah who advocated for the unity of all women with a more explicitly political edge. And then there was Lil' Kim, the raunchiest woman you ever heard on the mic. End quote. And referred to her as Hollywood but still hood. She was highly influential and is credited as inspiring artists such as Cardi B and Cash Doll. Many in the media referred to her as the queen of rap and Vogue magazine cited her as an inspiration for fashion designers such as Marc Jacobs, Giorgio Armani, and her Versace honey. Lil' Kim from the jump was sex positive with music that focused on the woman's point of view and pleasure of the man and was a risk taker from her highly explicit lyrics to her bright, colorful, and brash fashion choices. For me, she will always be the queen bee of rap. I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to leave me a comment on Facebook or Twitter with your thoughts. Tell me about your favorite Lil' Kim songs, videos, or memories. That's it for me. Till next time. Hey, thanks for listening to Word to the Mother. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Until the next episode, we out.